Hey, Jericho. Hi. How are you? Pretty good. Welcome. It's the middle of October. Full. Full of beautiful season. Stuff to do Mm -hmm. and leaves falling Mm -hmm. and pumpkins getting carved out and pumpkins everywhere. Yeah. In this country. Yeah. You you got to carve a pumpkin. It's your should I? Yeah. It seems like a lot of work. I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of gory. Before we get into the rest of the show, I want to talk about my dogs. I love my dogs. I have three poodles. Uh, I don't know how that happened. I think I was like, I can afford three dogs. I guess I'll get them. And it's like three haircuts. They poop at three different times. They walk three different directions. They're so much work. And to keep track of them, I found this amazing thing called Link AKC, backed by the American Kennel Club. And it's basically just a collar that's a GPS locator. So if one of them wanders off, I can find them anywhere they go. And it's all controlled through a smartphone app. You can see exactly where your dog is. Mine's usually hiding under something or pooping on the lot next door. (laughs) It really helps with peace of mind. It also tracks activity and wellness. So um, it shows how much amount of activity they need depending on their age. And it's super easy to set up. And they have different sizes for every dog. They won the CES Best of Innovation Award of 2017, which is crazy because that's the Consumer Electronics Show. And that's where Mm. like tech companies unveil their products. Serious tech. Like VR. So to keep your dog safe, happy and healthy like my three poodles are, use our special offer from Link AKC. Just go to linkakc.com and use code GIRLBOSS. That's L-I-N-K-A-K-C.com. Use code GIRLBOSS and you will save 30% off your order and get free shipping. That's code GIRLBOSS to save 30% off your order with free shipping at linkakc.com. Success. It's such a complicated idea, and yet for so long, we've all collectively subscribed to a single definition of the word, which was likely given to us by a white-haired dude somewhere in a boardroom in the 1960s. And there's nothing wrong with that definition with the notion of climbing a corporate ladder with a singular focus. But it's time to make space for a few other definitions, for side hustles and well-being and failing forward, and for the idea that success is a wild ride, not the destination at the end of it. Join me for a journey into the lives of women who are redefining success and paving the way for others with grit and grace. I'm Sophia Amoruso, the founder and CEO of Girlboss Media, and this is Girlboss Radio. Today's guest has been such an influential person in my life. Jennifer Rudolph Walsh is known for slaying the literary world as head of WME's Worldwide Book, Speakers, and Conference Division. She's a wife, a mother, and an accomplished agent responsible for publishing over 100 New York Times bestsellers. You come into my office and you're going to get hugs and we're going to talk about real stuff and there's glass everywhere so you can see through everybody living their real lives. In 2003, she became the first woman to serve on WME's board of directors. Actually, Girl Boss may not have even been a thing without her and WME. She was the person I was introduced to when I was like, oh, I guess maybe I'll do a book. I don't know. And I had no idea who she was. I didn't know what WME did. I didn't know what eight talent agencies did, literary agents. I didn't know how people made books. I was just like, I have a crazy story that I don't want anyone to tell but me. I don't want to tell it to a reporter. I guess I'll put it in a book. And um, I got introduced to Jennifer Rudolph Walsh. 
And that is why we're sitting here today. There was a thread that was leading you through the labyrinth of your life. And there are questions to ask yourself that will actually help you focus on that. By day, Jennifer Rudolph Walsh works with clients like Oprah Winfrey, Sue Monk Kidd, and Ariana Huffington. What I would say all of these amazing women have in common, and I am putting you in that, in that group, is that they are who they say they are. I think that's the biggest secret sauce, if there is any. And in her spare time, she developed Together Live, a multi-city event, bringing together a diverse group of powerhouse women to share and tell stories and be architects of change. I spoke with Jennifer about her work and how she's encouraging others to find their life's purpose. Purpose is important because once you define your purpose, here's what falls away. Anxiety, overwhelmedness, depression. Because when you're inside your purpose, you can't be overwhelmed. You just can't. But before we get to Jennifer, let's say hello again to Jericho Mandiber, editorial director at girlboss.com. What's up, Jericho? What's up? How are you? Pretty good. Cool. Um, <laughs> so tell me what's going on at girlboss.com this week. I'm going to pretend like I don't know, even though I do know. I know you know, but if you don't know, <laughs> now you know. <laughs> uh, this week we have a story about Zodiac Science as colleagues or as co-workers, as US people would say. And it's like how to kind of identify your co-workers' um, personality traits of their star sign, like according to a starter pack meme. So if you've seen like a starter pack on Instagram, you know the kind, it's just like a collage of stuff. And this is just supposed to drag star signs, like it's their worst habits in the workplace, basically. So as a Scorpio, mine is like a picture of a dead plant and a picture of someone being really jealous and eavesdropping on somebody else and the evil Kermit the Frog who's like wearing the hood. You know what? how that's like the evil. Are you an eavesdropper and do you get jealous? Um, not at work. <laughs> <laughs> I can't but imagine. I don't look after plants well and yeah, I think if like I was hurt badly enough then I would be like eavesdropping and jealous. Yeah. But I wouldn't tell people that or felt like that's why Scorpio some a, injustice had been committed against yeah you. if there was like a severe injustice then I would be salty as a Scorp for sure <laughs> so I looked at mine and my Taurus starter pack for at work I guess <laughs> is um I me googling how late is too late to reply to an email a slack message that says let's go get lunch at nine thirty six a.m <laughs> a drawer full of candy and um, some, like, lady looking down at a kid at, like, a buffet saying, can you just not? Um, <laughs> it's all food related. It's a lot of food. Yeah. I struggle with food. Food's a thing. Yeah. Basically, if you know your coworkers' star signs, just look them up and then send it to them and tell them this is what you are. And tell them you found it on girlboss.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to get to the conversation with Jennifer Rudolph Walsh in just a few minutes. But first, let's talk about Texture. Okay. So Texture is an amazing app made for binge reading. Uh-huh. Um, so instead of buying a bunch of magazines, uh, killing trees to make them, having them pile up in your house, become outdated, it's an app that has the best magazines, Bon Appetit, Wired, Vanity Fair, within it. So you can get access to your favorite magazines on your tablet or phone, and it makes them easy. There are so many great ones. Texture is searchable. You can mark what you like. You can check out back issues. You bonus video content. 
And they even curate articles and magazines just for you or whoever you're giving Texture to as a gift this year. Texture is normally only $9.99 a month. And with that, you get over 200 magazines. Uh, but if you sign up right now at texture.com slash girlboss, you get a 14-day free trial. Doing it. Of 200 magazines. So if you read really fast, you can just never mind. <laughs> Why subscribe to just a couple of magazines with that $9.99 if you could have 200 for the same price on your phone, on your tablet, all the time. I heard that Texture was selected as Apple's top 2016 iPad app. Wow, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. To start your free trial now, download the Texture app for a 14-day free trial. Go to texture.com slash girlboss. That's 14 days to try Texture for free when you go to texture.com slash girlboss. That's T-E-X-T-U-R-E dot com slash girlboss. Thanks, Jericho. You're welcome. But before you go, I want to talk oh. about the Girlboss Rally. Oh, yeah. So November 11th in mm -hmm. New York City, we are hosting the second ever Girlboss Rally from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. It's going to be amazing. I'm speaking. Amani Al-Khattatbe, uh, the founder of Muslim Girl, is speaking. Beth Comstock, the vice chair of GE, is speaking. Neha Gandhi, who's our editor-in-chief and COO. Jericho will be there. I'll be there. Dina Drewis, who's our editor, will be there. Dr. Lauren Hazuri, who's a psychologist and founder of The Practice. Sally Krawcheck, the CEO and co-founder of Elevest. Sarah Kunst, who's been on this podcast. Sally's mm -hmm. been on it, too, mm -hmm. actually. Priya Malani, the founding partner of Stash Wealth. Alyssa Mastromonaco. Amazing. One of our favorites. <laughs> uh who used to be the deputy chief of staff for President Obama and works at A&E Networks now. Lisa Price, the founder of Carol's Daughter. Julie Rice, the founder of SoulCycle. Lizzie Velasquez, who's a motivational speaker and YouTuber. Amazing Love. woman. Linda Wells, who's the chief creative officer at Revlon. Elaine Walteroth, editor-in-chief at Teen Vogue. Whitney Wolf, the founder and CEO at Bumble. All right, that's a long way of saying this is going to be an amazing event. Go to girlbossrally.com to find out more, and we hope you'll join us. Also, I have a new book coming out. Girlboss Workbook. I'm not used to promoting this many things at once, but I have to talk about the book a little bit because I'm super proud of it. It's really pretty. Yeah. It's a fully illustrated guide to winning at life, or at least mm -hmm. just like making lemonade. I guess that's winning because that's all that we're really surviving here to do. It's a lot of the advice that was in Girlboss, a lot of things I've learned since then, all in like illustrated form, totally interactive. You can write mm -hmm. in the book. You can destroy it. You can give it to a friend. You can use it as toilet paper, whatever you want. Uh, you can pre-order the Girlboss Workbook now anywhere books are sold. Now, Jennifer Rudolph Walsh. She's the head of WME's Worldwide Books, Speakers, and Conference Division, and she's the founder of Together Live. In her role at WME, she leads the industry's most prominent book business with the largest presence of any agency on the New York Times bestseller list. And she's someone who's helped me a great deal with my books as well. I like to start every episode just at the beginning, which is where where did you grow up? I grew up in Long Island till I was 10. My parents got divorced very suddenly. I mean, suddenly for me, I don't think it was sudden for them, but I had never <laughs> even heard them argue, and I never knew anybody who was divorced. So one day my parents called my siblings and I into a family meeting and they said that at, after school that day, we'd have a family meeting. So I went all around school asking everybody what happens at a family meeting. And everybody told me that it means we're going on vacation. And so I was very excited. And I 
decided that my vote was going to be for Disney World. And I came to that family meeting only to find out that my parents were getting divorced. It's crazy when it's that shocking. Yeah. It was 1977. So, I, I mean, I guess, you know, a lot of people were sort of getting contagiously divorced at that time. But in my little town in Long Island, where my grandparents lived three doors down, I literally never knew anybody who was divorced. So there I was holding my yellow pad of paper with all the reasons why Disney World was actually going to be an educational experience. <laughs> and the next thing I know, my parents are telling us that they're getting divorced. Wow. At that point, we moved into New York City, my mom and my brother and sister and our dog. And we grew up then from from time I was 10 years old, I lived in Manhattan. And like all things, the crisis ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me because – you know, going to New York City and seeing the wide world of people from every walk of life, from every perspective, every kind of understanding, it just completely transformed, I think, my my future. And you've had a pretty fascinating career. You, you started in college working at a literary agency. Was that your first job? Uh, no, I always worked. All the way through high school, I worked as a waitress. I worked at a very cool, very cool clothing store on 72nd Street called Charavari, which anybody who's ever been there was like, oh my God, Charavari. It's like, you know, pre all the really curated, beautiful pieces. Hmm. So I always worked all the way through high school. And then I got to college and I came home and found out that I had to start getting internships, which I had absolutely no idea what internships were. I mean, I was a hustler. I was like, how much am I making an hour? How often do I have to work? You know, what do I have to take home with me? And so the whole concept of internships was very foreign to me. And you know, very fancy. And I did end up getting an internship at a literary agency. And I didn't know internship meant you didn't get paid. So it was this hilarious go round where after two weeks, I finally got up my courage to ask for my pay. And she said, no, 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 it's an internship. And I was like, okay, so where's my pay? And we went back and forth until finally, I was like, is it a charity? She's like, no. And I'm like, do you make money? And she said, yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. So you want me to work for free, but you're making money? I so love that. she loved it. She was like an agent was born. So she agreed to pay me for the non-paid internship. And then she <laughs> ended up hiring me to work full time. And so my junior and senior year, I worked from my dorm room and and then every vacation. And then I graduated on a Saturday and started working for her full time. And then I, five years later, bought her company. Where do you think you got that hustle from? You know, it's interesting because I just did an Ancestry.com reveal. Um, you know, I did a little video for them and I, they, they, they gave me my whole backstory. And my grandmother, who died when my mom was four, so I never knew her, she was so much like me. It's crazy. I mean, she started out, you know, didn't go to college, was born in Russia, got here, became a designer – Little actually, her story is more like you, actually, Sophia. She just knew what was cool right away, made it happen. She invented the mid calf length skirt. She went to Paris six times. She went to Cuba twice, and all that. And she died at thirty three. Not oh, no. that part is nothing like your story, but um, but I'm thirty three now. We'll see. Yeah, God forbid. Poo poo poo. But just the fact that she just hit it hard, and it was like from nowhere. And then and then they were telling me that she was like famous for not trying to hide her like her russian yiddish roots which people at that time were very like very much hiding their they were very desperate to assimilate but she was mm-hmm. cool and fashionable and also didn't care about assimilating so i think i come by it honestly and my mother is also a like a a workhorse we're worker bees what did you learn from your early jobs before you entered the literary agency did you learn anything from waitressing or yeah waitressing have you ever have you ever waitressed 
for like a day and I like forgot the ketchup so hard right it's so hard and you want to be and you think you're in the conversation people are talking and you start talking too and they look at you like no lady (laughs) you're not in the conversation (laughs) we just want to talk at you yeah so I learned multitasking I learned that the details are everything and you know, my whole thing is always about impeccable. How can you be impeccable? I mean, I'm not a perfectionist. I actually don't even relate to perfectionism. But I really I really try to just be impeccable with the details. And so I think that waitressing was an excellent training ground for that. Okay, so let's fast forward again. You worked for this literary agency for how long before you bought it? Well, I, I didn't want to buy it. You know, I've, I've said before and I'll say again, there's two kinds of greatness. Greatness that you go after and then greatness that's thrust upon you when you're in the bathroom. And mine was thrust upon me. I was about six years into working for Virginia Barber was her name. And I so I was, you know, not even 30. I already had one kid and another one on the way. And my husband had gone back to school. And she approached me. She said that her husband wanted to retire and that he wanted her to retire as well. And would I be interested in an owner-financed buyout? Sophia, I had absolutely no effing clue what an owner-financed buyout was. But I was like, wow. okay, cool. I mean, didn't have $5,000 in the bank. But I was like, okay, that sounds good. And so, what does that mean? <laughs> well, <laughs> good question. One I wish I had asked. Essentially what it means is that the business finances the buyout. So in my mind, that meant if we bring in $1,000 to the business and her payment is $500, I pay her $500 and then I have the other $500 to run the business. But what I didn't know is that you have to take that whole $1,000 as, as personal income, pay taxes on it, and then – pay her and pay the business. So I really, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I didn't use my own lawyer. And I found myself in extreme hot water very quickly financially. Wow. And so what were the consequences of that? Well, the consequences were that I had to grow and change or die. So I just grew as fast as humanly possible. And in a very short period of time, we grew that place from three people to nine people and really changed the whole way we were approaching business. So it was a, a, a three years or more, a little bit more of just radical, radical change and growth. It was amazing, exhilarating, and terrifying because, as I said, I had at that point two kids. And I was in the first year bringing home less money than I had probably my first or second year as an agent because of the, you know, the lack of understanding the tax, the tax structure. And you eventually sold it to the company that you work for today, Yeah, well, so then I, then I grew it and grew it and it was – fabulous and I loved it. But I was beginning to see that um, the way that distribution was changing and all the publishers were being, you know, buying each other up. I mean, just in the years that you've been in publishing, you've seen consolidation. Mm-hmm. So I was really seeing that in, in the end of the 90, like 99, 2000. And I felt that my little engine that could of an agency was excellent at advocating in the publishing world and the foreign rights world. But when it came to movie rights, television rights, and other kinds of burgeoning digital rights. I just felt like we couldn't compete. And I really, I wanted a bigger boat. Mm-hmm. So, And you've got it. Yeah. So today, WME is the lar- has the largest presence of any agency on the New York Times bestseller That's list. That's right. Is 66% that- of the New York Times bestseller list is us. And that includes you, Miss Miss. And um, also, we are the number one content provider to all of the major publishers worldwide. And so how long have you been at WME now? I have been there since uh, 
I think, the end of 2000, so a long time. And so you're the head of WME's Worldwide Book Speakers and Conference Division. So that's more than books now. When did the speaking uh, department and the conference division become— The speaking thing um, happened about maybe eight years ago, right around the time we merged with Endeavor. And then conferences— Three or four years ago, we launched. We launched super small, very low key, with a little tour called Oprah Winfrey's The Life You Want Tour in arenas around the country. We saw almost oh. a half a million people. So that was an amazing, extraordinary, life changing experience. And I never wanted it to end. But she actually had a life to live, a network to run, movies to star in. So she wanted to go home eventually, and I got the bug and never wanted to go home again, which is really how the Together Tour was born. 